Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Poetry Questions TPQ20, where we sit down with your favorite authors to talk about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. My name is Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. Hey. Hey, how's it going, Christopher? Doing all right. How are you doing, Esteban? I'm doing well as well. Uh, apologize for coming a little bit late. I got a new computer oh. and was downloading some uh, Zoom actually right now. Not a problem at all. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for uh, for agreeing to hang out with me on uh, TPQ20 today. Um, yeah. So um, we always like to start off by saying, you know, we know who you are but our audience may be new to you. So if you were to kind of give, you know, what's that bio that your publicist doesn't have, the one we can't see on your website, who are you? Uh, who are you? Yeah, thank you for that question. I really like starting off like that in terms of like what you don't see um, behind the bio. I am Esteban Rodriguez. I'd like to think of myself as a writer, but more importantly, as somebody who just wants to, um, live a good life, who wants to just enjoy the time uh, on this earth. I'm from originally deep South Texas, so located along the U.S.-Mexican border. I uh, grew up a fairly normal childhood, loved uh, playing basketball, which I'm still into um, deeply, and I love drawing as well. That's one thing that a lot of people don't know about me. I'm like incredibly into art. I love uh, creating art, just love like looking at art, love the concept of art and just like what it visually can inspire in other people. And yeah, writing came a little bit later on in life and it's something that um, I've, I'm so committed to that I can't turn my back on now. Oh, I love it. And you just gave me <laughs> a bunch of questions that I have to ask then. Uh, first of all, um, who in your opinion is the most poetic basketball player? <laughs> well, I think there's like a, well, the Warriors just won uh, their their championship. I think they, the third, they're the team with the third most championships, I think at eight now. Uh, I think Steph Curry has changed the game in a lot of uh, ways in terms of what his size like means for the league and just like what it, what it could, uh, how he's, he's, he's revolutionized it in terms of like shooting threes, but I think like, uh, and making threes and being like an incredible shooter, but I think it's changed a little bit in terms of the game itself. Although there was an interesting stat that like, um, what do you call it? Uh, back in the day in like the nineties, the league was averaging about 110 points per game. I saw the other day and it seems like that's the way it's kind of like back where it is. Um, obviously like the, I think the most poetic is, is, the, the the goat Michael Jordan uh, I was looking I couldn't sleep that well last night I was looking at the old games uh, with the Utah Jazz and just the, the way Jordan could just the confidence he had and 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 shooting the basketball and making shots and and just knowing that if he was going to be the one who won the game uh, the ball had to be in his hands and I think I absolutely love that nice 
Fantastic. Um, second follow-up then is uh, let's let's talk about this world of art of yours, uh, this passion of art. Um, what uh, I guess. Um, who do you love when it comes to what, I guess, what do you love when it comes to the world of art? Uh, what, what is your passion there? And is there anything from that that kind of blends into the way you write? Yeah, I think, um, so I grew up, um, again, in deep South Texas where a lot of the landscape is quite frankly empty. And I think utilizing that landscape in order to inspire one's art was, was very prevalent, um, at least growing up, um, and kind of influenced some of my artwork as well. But for me, the, the, the artist that always encapsulates, I think even what I'm trying to do with poetry, um, especially the more like surreal aspects of my poetry is Francis Bacon. Um, and he's just somebody who I absolutely um, just love. I have a, a few art books of his as well. Very surreal, disturbing images uh, that he has. But I think the way he was able to capture both the the haunting aspect of, for example, like the Pope behind glass, right? Uh, inspired by, I think, Diego Velasquez, uh, Velasquez's work uh, and the loneliness that he has, like in these particular areas where it seems like they're in a room that's utterly timeless is quite inspiring for me. Like, I just love that disturbing aspect, but I can't look away. Uh, and I was able to see a few of his artworks and the Tate in London, as well as like Chicago, um, the Art Institute, which is pretty amazing. And I think like, if, if anything, what I'm trying to do, especially like I operated like in two modes with my poetry, the more sort of narrative aspect that uh, is highly influenced by my upbringing, South Texas, and the more surreal aspect, which um, I think is inspired by Francis Bacon and artwork similar to that. Amazing. Um, how about your own artwork? Would you are you uh, are you someone who spends time drawing or painting or? Yeah, I, I used to quite a bit, uh, and I, I I was deeply into it. Uh, but I think, uh, as I had said earlier, I committed a little bit too much to writing to turn back. Uh, but you mean six I, six books worth of writing? In the yeah, last exactly. <laughs> um, and so I think it was like. Um, I've debated this with myself uh, quite a bit. Um, I wasn't sure how to, if I should keep going. I think like when I think about like the amount of time, I have a full-time job, uh, I work at a high school. And so uh, the amount of time that I have throughout the day is is very little, um, but the quality of time that I have like can always like, uh, it, it's always there. Like, I, and I think as a writer, like I haven't had to, when I was younger, I had to spend quite a bit of time like coming up with a poem. Uh, now that comes a little bit easier. And so if I can spend 10 minutes with it, great. But I have my hand in a bunch of other things. I'm an editor as well um, for a few publications. And so I think that for me, I wanted to spend much more time like actually doing the poetic aspect and the, the literature aspect of stuff. And I think it left a little bit of time, little less time for drawing. Although I did pick up a... Um, what do you call it, um, a notebook. Me and my partner picked up a notebook yesterday. Uh, so I started drawing a little bit, uh, but it's a kind of very abstract stuff, like something to to kind of pass the time, so. Very cool. Well, then you said you came into writing a little bit late. Um, you know, you're still fairly young uh, and, uh, you know, you have six books out. Um, what does late mean and how did you get there? Like, what was the, 
what was the catalyst for getting you into writing? And, and so I guess voraciously writing, um, what got yeah. you there? I think, um, so I was always interested in poetry and literature. I had two great art um, English teachers, my husband and wife combo back in high school. Uh, Mr. Ramos who taught 11th grade and then Mrs. Ramos who taught uh, 12th grade. And I was incredibly interested in, in like even just the summer reading. I remember reading The Scarlet Letter and that was still one of my favorite books, uh, but just being completely immersed in it. So I always had um, an inclination or, or a passion for, for literature, but one that wasn't necessarily, it wasn't developed like when I was in college. I went to UT Austin and I liked writing, but I liked writing essays and I liked um, doing art, but wasn't super invested in it. And it wasn't until after my undergrad, um, where, which was in 2011, where I was kind of didn't know what to do. I was looking for a job, then started working at a coffee shop and just started writing a little bit more and started doing some art as well. But um, writing really inspired me, particularly one poem that I read, uh, which was My Grandmother's Love Letters by Hart Crane. Um, just incredibly inspiring. And so just started doing that when I was 22 um, and haven't looked back since then. Um, yeah. Very cool. Um, so when it comes to your process then- um, Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh. oh. My apologies, <laughs> I actually- <laughs> No, it's all right. Um, when it comes to your process for things and, and you know, um, as, a, as an educator the last almost 20 years now, I get that like, there's a lot of time and observation time too that leads to writing um, from working at a school. Uh, but what is, your, you know, what is your process? You have a nine to five job. So you know, when, do you, when do you find those moments to write? And is it, you know, do you have uh, any like fun superstitions that you follow? Do you have, you know, have to have a certain amount of candles lit in the background and incense going and a cup of tea on the table, uh, obviously. <laughs> um, but, you know, what do you, how do you get involved in your own writing process? What is your process? Yeah, uh, so I think like a lot of like um, contemporary poets, I write on the notes app of my phone, but um, that has been, I, um, I, I find less and less time to write, but at the same time, I find more time to write. It's a little bit more uh, contradictory. Um, it's really just any time. Uh, I know some writers, uh, one time saw an interview with the Guatemalan writer who needed absolute silence and needed a few hours to write. And um, I, I can use the silence, but I can also not use the silence. I think I learned to adapt to my environment. So when I was, if I'm working like a nine to five job and I need to use the restroom, I will open the notes app in my phone and just write a line or look back at the poem. I think what I've learned more and more as I've gotten older is that when I'm writing a poem, the poem doesn't have to be separate from what I'm doing. The poem can always live with me and it could always, I can always carry it with me. And it's, it's super convenient, especially with the phone. But I think that for me, uh, when I have my mind in the poem and I'm, I'm constructing a poem, that doesn't leave me, it, it just, it stays with me. And if it's going to the restroom and looking um, at a particular poem that I'm writing and revising a line or changing a word, then that's progress, at least for me. So it's any time that I can find it. Uh, if I'm laying in bed, um, it's a commercial break during a, a movie that I'm, a, a series that I'm watching, then I'll definitely write then. But I've recently started writing, um, I've actually gone, back to old poems that I wrote uh, quite a bit, uh, quite a 
like a few years back um, and I started revising a lot of these poems. And right now I'm working on a particular manuscript that I, I was working on about eight years ago um, when uh, I had a, a girlfriend at the time um, and she fortunately came back into my life and uh, she's my fiance now and we I'm working on towards like those particular poems that I wrote then. Um, so it's really just like knowing specifically that if I wrote a poem a while back that I can go back to it and revise things that weren't necessarily, I guess maybe good at the time, but that I can make better now. Well, who, who are you now as a poet versus, you know, you were, that's a, yeah, I, I talked to a lot of people who talk about going back a few years and looking at older poems, but who are you now as opposed to who were you then? And are you finding that, how much revising are you having to do? Are you making them completely anew or are you able to go back and do you still feel that same voice? Yeah, I, I definitely feel that same voice. Um, and I think the revising is is more style, but style can oftentimes be the substance of a poem, right? Uh, or, or any piece of literature. And I'm finding that I'm the same person, but I can do things a little bit better now than I can um 10 years ago uh and I think like maybe to bring the basketball into this right like I remember specifically um I tell this story all the time where um I was in middle school and then going into freshman year and one thing that I really wanted to learn was how to do a left-handed layup I'm, I'm right-handed and I just could not for the life of me like do a left-handed layup as much as I tried I was dribbling with the left and I just it couldn't do it but with enough practice, I was like, finally, one day it just clicked. I was able to do that left-handed layup and it was a little bit awkward. And then finally I could just do it. And now I'm like incredibly comfortable with my left hand. And the same way it goes with poetry, right? There was, there was some things, or at least like creating, um, writing, right? There were some things that I couldn't do um, that at least at the time, I, I didn't think that I could do. Like the language wasn't there, but now I have the language and I have the confidence to do it. So I think that I'm still the same person, but I've matured in ways that that allows me to look at a piece of uh, a thing that I'm working on and knowing the exact direction that I wanted to go to. And so I, I really try as much as possible that when I write, I, I try to get the first draft, like in terms of like the best draft, like I, I don't want to go back and revise. And if I do, it's, it's very, very minimal. Nice, good. Um, so you, um... What do you think have been those like those pitfalls, those kind of roadblocks along the way, the obstacles that maybe you faced? Um, you've had a really good stretch the last you know four or so years, but even in that and leading up to that, especially, what were those kind of roadblocks, and, and have you gotten over them yet? Um, roadblocks. Uh, I think. It's a really good question. I'm not sure if I've had a whole lot of roadblocks. I mean, like you said, the last four or five years have been uh, incredibly um, good to me uh, and to the work. I think it's more sort of the the, the amount of time that I have for things. Uh, not that it's necessarily been a, a roadblock, but it's a it's caused me to to prioritize things that I think uh, I wouldn't have prioritized when I was younger. Um, now I think of, of of writing not necessarily as as just like the the, the books that I'm I'm writing, but also what I'm contributing to the community, and that's um, one thing that I've had to like really 
um, take a step back and say, hey, how are you contributing to the literary community in a much more meaningful way? So I do work with, with Agni. Um, I'm an associate poetry editor and the interviews editor for Ecopio Review. And then I'm a senior books review editor for Tupelo Quarterly. So if I can have reviews, if I can contribute to the making of the poems that you find in the issue of Agni, if I can bring forth the particular poet or writer who might not have gotten a lot of attention with the good Theo, then I think I'm doing a, a pretty good job. That's awesome. I, you definitely wear a lot of hats. Uh, <laughs> that's, it's, it's a pretty, it's, I mean, your, your bio is pretty cool to sit down and have that, you know, that, that role as an editor and as an interviewer. Um, when it comes to the interviews, because I wanted to ask this one before, when it comes to the interviews that you do, um, do you find that the authors you interview influence your writing at all? Uh, I find that I'm like incredibly like drawn to their work uh, more than anything. So sometimes I'll reach out to writers, sometimes writers will reach out to me. And I think they, they all writers in some sort of aspect influence me, even writers whose work that uh, I don't necessarily share any similarities. So I find that they influence me in terms of like the way they view poetry, uh, especially like, um, and how they approach a poem and how they approach their own books or their own work. Um, I'm incredibly drawn to that. So we've had a few writers who we've taken like some time um, like writing maybe their first collections or a collection of poems. And that's really caused me to look at like, hey, this is this is definitely a marathon. It's not a sprint. Uh, I've been sprinting the last four years, but I can, I can take it a little bit slower sometimes and, and still have that quality there. But even then in the last four years, how many of those, since you already said you kind of look back at times, how how much of the work over the last four years has been uh, was started in those last four years? Yeah, so uh, it, it wasn't uh, not a lot of work. Uh, I think probably the one that was started um, or the two were were my second collection, Crash Course, and then the collection, The Valley. But even The Valley had aspects of poems that I wrote um, like five years before that. Um, so a lot of it, like uh, in my twenties, was spent just writing, and I had so much stuff that even now, when I look back at it, there's still a lot of poems that I can go back and revise and just look at and, and try to find ways to incorporate. And there's a lot of poems that just didn't make the cut for a particular collection. Um, so it has it's as though like I, I spent all my my twenties writing, and then finally have like this work to produce in my thirties. <laughs> Hey, you know, it's okay. It's uh, you write through your twenties, you edit through your thirties, and then you start yeah. over. It's perfect. Exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, let's talk about uh, kind of some things you're excited about, and then your own work coming up, um, and ordinary bodies, and where we can find uh, what's out there. Um, so, who is who is out there right now that really is exciting for you in the world of poetry? Is there? Is there somebody that you are absolutely looking forward to seeing their next collection or somebody that you read uh, as much as possible? Who's, uh, who gets you going? Yeah, um, so a lot of different writers definitely um, are producing absolutely amazing things. Right now I've been on a, a Tom Slay binge. Uh, so just ordered all his books and just have read, just read Spacewalk, which is an incredible collection and then House of Fact, House of Ruin. And then starting on his earlier collections, I think it's, they're titled Waking, The Dream House, and The Chain. Um, so I'm incredibly excited about that. Um, Tom Say is a slightly old, older poet, but um, well-renowned. Um, 
so definitely looking forward to like diving into the entirety of his collection. Um, and so I think like for me, I've actually tried to kind of take a step back and, and look not necessarily at contemporary figures, although I, I absolutely love contemporary poets, but try to go back to um, some older poets. So A.R. Ammons is one that I'm, I'm looking into. James Loughlin as well. Um, I started reading some Octavio Paz uh, too going to some old Sandra Cisnero poems as well. Um, I've been really interested in like collected or selected poems. Uh, so I'll try to purchase books that, that have that as well. That's awesome, love it. And then let's talk about you. Uh, what is currently out there? Uh, where can we find it? And, um, and you know, how can I get my readers and my watchers there? Yeah, so I, I recently had a collection uh, that came out earlier this year, Ordinary Bodies with the Wordless Press. Uh, Incredibly excited about that particular collection. It is a collection that centers on a young narrator trying to understand uh, the complexity, the politics, and, and the social uh, dynamics of his body and his family's body, uh, family's bodies, so his mother, father. Uh, and it includes um, some photographs that I was able to employ my mother and father to take. Um, which was pretty amazing. So it's a, it's a small collection, but one that I'm incredibly proud of and one that I hope more readers can take a look at. And I will have a few, I have two collections coming out. Um, one is titled uh, Limbolandia, which will come out with Flower Song Press. Uh, that one's a little bit more uh, surreal. Um, <clears throat> that one should come out, I believe later this year, early next year. And then the next one is gonna be Loteria, which is um, with Texas Review Press. One collection that I'm incredibly excited about, it takes all the Loteria cards, which is like a traditional Mexican game of bingo. And each of the titles is the title of the poem. And I, I look at these particular poems through a surreal and more narrative lens. So it blends kind of the two modes that I work with uh, and that'll come out next year in 2023. Wow. Well, congratulations on those. We definitely- Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with me on TPQ20. So yeah, I really appreciate it. And really oh. appreciate the work you're doing and, and looking at these interviews or absolutely, or listening to these interviews are absolutely amazing. Uh, uh, and I thank you for the work you're doing. Isn't, uh, you know, isn't being an interviewer really fun? But yes, it is. <laughs> you get to talk to just the coolest people. This is, I mean, you're probably, I think you're about the 60th or so uh, that we've interviewed and they're just so much fun. And you learn so much more about writing and just, why people fall in love with literature exactly it, yeah it's such and, a it, and i think awesome. we tend to think of it as like a, a very and in a lot of ways it's a very solitary act right like there's you don't find a whole lot of people like writing at parties or anything uh, <laughs> although maybe poets do right like they, they sneak off to the corner of the room and or if the nuts they, out. we should start getting we should start founding <laughs> exactly. takes that on yeah, so it's always good to, to see like uh, the what's behind the bell, if anything. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Have thank a great you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Likewise. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Poetry Questions TPQ20. Please like, rate, review, and subscribe. See you next week. <laughs>